0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. <laughs> perfect, Bill. <laughs> Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place, Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course,
0: I'm talking about Christopher Lloyd Colon. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, hey, Sam. Are we doing a show? Sorry, I just didn't show up for a second there, kind of like our team on Sunday. Yep, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that the... Welcome
1: to Perfect Bill podcast is now part of the Dolphins Talk podcast network as well as Big Heads Media podcast network. And Chris is absolutely correct. The Miami Dolphins lose week one in a squeaker to the Baltimore Ravens. And of course, <laughs> uh, they lost fifty nine to ten. Chris, I'm going to mm. repeat that for anybody who is somehow getting their Miami Dolphins news from this podcast. 59 five, nine, to ten. One zero, and uh, all I can really uh, ask Chris is uh, how the hell did we score ten in this game? Because uh, I, I looked up and I looked down, and we were all of a sudden losing twenty one to nothing to a Baltimore Ravens team that apparently had Joe Montana at quarterback, Jerry Rice at wide receiver, Emmitt Smith at running back, uh, the Dallas Cowboys line from the mid nineties, and the Steel Curtain plus no name defense combined on defense. Uh, wow, what a shellacking! One of the worst losses in Miami Dolphins history.
0: And we only have fifteen more weeks to top it, Chris. Sam, I don't even know where to begin with this loss. I tweeted it. Um, we expected to be bad and lose this season, but holy shit! Yeah, fifty-nine to ten. The only guy that getting in the end zone was an undrafted free agent rookie, um, which is phenomenal of course um Preston Williams of course it was good for him uh, great catch toe tap in the back but I don't even remember other than that I don't even remember remember us being on offense like I feel like it was three and out city and every time they got the ball they scored it and I don't know how they kept the ball and then John Harbaugh you know not comfortable with a 49 point lead you know faking punts and going for it on fourth down in the red zone and shit like that so what a game um if I didn't have crippling alcoholism already, um, the start of this season definitely jump-started that for me.
1: You know, this is the type of score, and if you not only just look at the score, but also looked at the quote-unquote highlights, this is the type of game that you play on Madden after your team loses like (laughs) three You know, seventeen to fourteen in real life to the Baltimore Ravens, and you get so mad that you put Madden on easy mode and just right. beat the living crap out of that same team, fifty-nine to ten with fake punts. You know, with with your number one starting defense in the fourth quarter, going for it on fourth down, all of these things that the Baltimore Ravens actually did <laughs> to the Miami Dolphins in real life. Uh, Preston Williams is about the only lone bright spot, getting the touchdown. Almost had two touchdowns. Almost had fourteen points instead of ten. Um, he's about the only one. I mean, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't look good. Uh, Josh. Rosen comes in, he didn't look good. The offensive line didn't even, you know, whatever remnants are left, weren't there. Uh, the defense, who we thought was going to be much improved based on what we saw during uh, the preseason, yes. uh, turns out to be the worst defense ever known for any. I mean, 59 points uh, would be, like, it would be a good defensive effort if it was 59 points after four, th- four quarters in basketball. But that's about it. Every other metric, this is the the worst defensive performance in Miami Dolphins history, at least during the regular season. Uh, just an incredible, incredible beat down. Um, But I will say this, I know you're upset about it because it it became worse than I think anybody expected. I had a sense of calm. I feel like, and I've never done this, but if you were to slit your own wrists, there's that moment of warmth right before you die. Um, And that's where I feel I am right now. I am bleeding out and I feel this moment of warmth. And I think it's because this is exactly what the Miami Dolphins have been telling us without telling us, uh, that they were going to be doing all off season, preseason, and now regular season long. I mean, this is the ultimate tank job. Hey, hashtag tank for Tua. Um, and we have executed our game
0: plan to a T after one season after one week of the season. Yeah, the worst part about it is half the league has the same record as us. Like, I feel like we should have gotten two losses for that yeah. uh, just to get us closer to the number one overall pick. Because I look around and I'm like, shit, us and the Jets and the Texans are all fighting for... The number one overall pick after one week, and we are the only ones that got absolutely sexually assaulted without lube. Like, it was just such a horrible game, Sam. Like it, it was, it was terrible. Um, and and then to add to it, to make matters worse, I own a, and um, I don't know but we'll get into our own league here, but I own a fan, a family friend fantasy football league, and my dad, um, Lashawn, he um, had Lamar Jackson on his oh, team. Oh boy. And has this is how calming we were. You know how like the man cave is usually crazy for the yes. Dolphins games. Like you said, you just kinda accept it. It's like drowning when you kind of just look up at the sun rays coming through the water and you're like, whatever, I'm dying, and at least it's at least I'm not on fire. Um, <laughs> I love that our I'm comparisons
1: feeling. are committing suicide and drowning. And that's like, you know, this is probably
0: the most apt uh, cliché and, and, and metaphor Such- that we can come up with. So we're sitting there, and it's so calming. Normally, I mean, we're throwing hats and empty beer bottles or beer cans across the garage and and, and screaming profanities. Instead, we're all just looking at at our fantasy teams and just like, whatever, they scored again. And my dad has the balls to say, man, I hope they don't go up too much and they'll take him out, and I won't score more points with Lamar Jackson, and was actually visibly and physically – mad that RG3 got in the game. So that's how we just don't give a shit at this point. He's like, sure, keep Lamar Jackson in there, destroying my Dolphins, because I'm beating my son in fantasy football.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. Again, we're going to talk about the okayest fantasy football league of all time later in the show, but in my big league, and by big league, I mean thousands of dollars on the line. This is a keeper league where I have Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott as my running backs. Um, I lost uh, to a guy who has never played fantasy before and somehow just like randomly picked names and just whooped the shit out of me. Uh, but the funniest thing is the guy who got last place last year, this is literally who he drafted this year. He drafted Andrew Luck. He drafted Lamar Miller. He drafted Antonio Brown, and he drafted uh, uh, A.J. Green. Those are his top four picks that he picked. And we were laughing because he's like, shit, all I have now is Lamar Jackson. So had Andrew Luck not retired, he would have started Andrew Luck. Instead, he's forced, quote-unquote, to play Lamar Jackson and has the most points after week one than anyone, which actually gets some hundreds of dollars because we, we actually pay out weekly. Um and all just because Andrew Luck said, I want to go home, and instead he has to play Lamar Jackson. So the guy went from being you know, the, the worst fantasy football player ever to looking like a freaking genius. Why? Because he played players that are up against the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> and that's all it really takes <laughs> in fantasy football here in 2019. So the Dolphins lose 59-10. to 10. Again, the only bright spot that I can think of here off the top of my head is Preston Williams, who did have a nice toe tap. I don't know why he was trying so damn hard, but... Uh, he did get, his, get himself a touchdown, which scared me, Chris, because I thought, uh-oh, the tank job is over. Here comes the comeback. But uh, nope, alas, <laughs> finally, the everyone cooler heads prevailed, and the Miami Dolphins did not score again, did not even threaten to score again. And the tank job and hashtag tank for Tua is well, well secure.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it was if it wasn't blatantly obvious before this Tunzel trade, that was the ultimate hail mary to tank for Tua was to trade Tunzel Stills, who had a touchdown last night, and um, get all the accumulate all these picks. We are playing with. Absolute garbage. To the point where we, the the good guys we do have, are curiously not playing. Like they're just, they're like, why did Rashad Jones, McMillan, and Minka have so few snaps? And it's like we really want to lose. Like they are really trying hard. It's almost to the point where they're like, Preston. Uh, Fitzger- uh, Fitzpatrick and Baker. You guys go out there and make some plays, but not too much. We yeah. don't want to fuck around and win now.
1: Well, it you know, you said Minka didn't get a lot of... Pay. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick did not have a good game. I mean, he gave up three touchdowns and over, what, 300 yards or something like that, uh, just on oh. defense alone in, in terms of uh, who he was covering. It was not a good performance by him. It almost a rookie, think, too. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he was in on it. You know, It's like, hey, this is what we need to do. Don't make it look obvious. And then he went out and made it completely obvious that uh, we We're tanking here. Um, My favorite story, though, two things about this game coming out of this game here, Chris. Number one, uh, Coach Brian Flores uh, talking to the media and saying, matter of factly, we had problems on offense, we had problems on defense, and we had problems on special teams. I mean, talk about having the most, the most understated. Um, right
0: of all time. He even messed up his speech because dude cut it short just say we had problems on all facets of the game like it just him mentioning each one we know we lost 59 to 10 like there nothing went well we got it other than Sanders kicking like a you know 73 yard field goal and and Preston Williams scoring everyone suck even Grant's like welcome back and fumbled and yeah. then I, I really – I don't know the guy personally, and I, I enjoy following him on Twitter. He had a tough go of it last year uh, with the injury. But, man, if, if I am Albert Wilson and, and my calf even just needs to be stretched, I'm out for the game. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, he was probably definitely injured. He's a professional. I'm not saying he was faking it. But, God damn it, I would. Like, that, that yeah. was just – fucking terrible to be a part of if you're a professional football player at home nonetheless um, and I, I just love the absolute reaction of the crowd of the booze and then it just ultimately turned into a Baltimore Ravens home game like it was just unbelievable
1: yeah I mean look it, it was bad it was really bad uh, so the only bad. thing that might have been worse than the actual performance might have been something that I said on last week's episode Chris uh, which leads us to our brand new segment here on Perfectville the stupidest thing Sam or Chris said last week. Check it out. This time, it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think I think we're going to shock the world, especially after everything that just happened. It just makes sense. This might be the only one that we ever get this season. The last time we went 1-15, the team that we beat was the Baltimore Ravens themselves. I don't trust that quarterback of theirs. I don't think they have the talent that people think they do on offense. While we do have talent on defense, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think we win this game 13-13 to 10. What do you think about that?
0: Don't be stupid, you moron.
1: So here's the thing, Chris. I <laughs> predicted as you just heard in that clip, that the Miami Dolphins not only uh, would give up only 10 points, but that we would somehow win against the Baltimore Ravens 13-10. to 10. So at least I got Yikes. the 10 part right. The problem is uh, the 10 was for the Dolphins, not the Ravens, and the 13, if you times it by four, was the Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, score, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's pretty stupid. I mean, you said a lot of stupid things. I said a lot of stupid things. So that by far, me predicting 13-10. to
0: 10, was by far the stupidest thing Sam or Chris said last week. Well, you know, the season started too, and Raceling is immediately just like shitting on us for things we said to the podcast before a game after the game happened. He's like Captain Hindsight, but he he tweeted at me literally. My yeah. quote was, It's not going to be 48 to 5. Well, Chris, yeah. you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. Look, I
1: you mean- <laughs> sold both teams short. You, uh, you were
0: apparently betting the under at 48 to oh. 5. Uh, well, I didn't know our defense was going to go out and make Lamar Jackson look like the second coming of Jesus Christ. He looked like Michael Vick, Dan Marino, and Joe Montana came together and had a super sex QB baby. And he was just unbelievable. I remember watching him in the playoffs when they lost last year. I don't think he like threw over 60 yards. He did that in like one play with his eyes closed. And there was pictures that came out of the coach's film and things like that after the game. I'll tell you this right now and and I'm sure we'll break down the game a little bit more, maybe not because it's not worth doing. but I told my dad, I mean, like if you're gonna keep guys like Xavier and Howard and extend them and Shaw Jones and make a Fitzpatrick all dbs how do you neuter those guys no pass rush that's how and you cut tank carradine who was like your sack leader um as as well as uh you know orchard you get rid of those guys to where and you know charles harris isn't going to show up when the sundays count and you're like cool let's go out there and make these guys who are good pro bowl players Cover four, three, forty receivers <laughs> for literally eight seconds. Like that's just almost impossible. Lamar Jackson got pressured none. It was unbelievable, and he just was able to sit back and throw the ball like he was in high school again at Pompano Beach. Like it was just an unbelievable showing, and they have the ball. Uh, they have ball, Sam, to do it because there's teams that have done it before but not to this level. I mean, like the Colts kind of did it for luck, and it, they were able yeah, to, to sweep it over. the like Yeah, 20 they but they were
1: losing like 27 to 7. They were yeah. losing and 59 that's to
0: thing. 10. My dad's like, oh, we're going to go 0-16 again, 1-15 again. I'm like, Dad, I remember the 1-15 season. We were competitive in every game. We almost won the London game against the Giants in the middle of the season. Cleo Lemon had a, a pretty decent game, and it was close within a field goal or a touchdown. This is an obliteration, yeah. 59 to 10 at home, and I love to going back. Speaking at Captain Hindsight, I remember right before the game started. I'm talking 12:59 when they're showing our guys like on the field right after the national anthem, and I'm like, oh yeah. Feels like a hundred degrees on the field, and we're making them wear their dark oh, yeah. purple. We're smart. This is our home field advantage. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they, they didn't score seventy five points. That's the home field advantage. Yeah.
1: You know. It's so it, it, the other part, other than Brian Flores' understated comments about how bad the team was, was the the report that's come out that multiple multiple reports citing now that Miami Dolphins players have contacted their agents. Uh, looking for trades onto other teams, which to me might be the funniest thing ever because I can just imagine these players like after this game calling their agents going, Yo, these guys suck. I need to get out of here. And it's like, You're one of these guys. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> you the are team. the reason yeah. why this is happening at 59 to 10. So uh, I don't know what, whether to believe that or not or whether just saying, Hey, is there any chance I can go anywhere else other than here? Uh, but right now, just looking right now here, Chris, uh, it looks pretty bleak for the Miami Dolphins here in 2019. I think I may have have to
0: revise. Damn. You're you're a man of great yes. words. I've been hosting the show with you for a long time. Did you just say it looks Pretty bleak. I think I might have like, to. I yeah. mean, that's selling it. A I little might have short. to revise
1: my uh, my outcome of Super Bowl favorites and just you know, trend down <laughs> to maybe AFC East champs at this point. After that fifty nine to ten <laughs> beatdown. the cool thing though is if you're a dyslexic Miami Dolphins fan, you loved Week One. You're looking at that score, going, yeah. "Wow, they're really good." <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, those are about the only people who can find a bright spot other than Preston Williams here for the Miami Dolphins in Week One. However, Chris, as you know and I know, the Miami Dolphins are bad, and they had a really bad first week. So, so you being a hater and me being a hater We love hating on other people who also had a bad week because it wasn't just the Miami Dolphins who lost. Half the league lost. And some players out there, even on winning teams, lost this week. So, this is another new segment that we're bringing in here for 2019 for Welcome to Perfectville. And that is, of course, Misery Loves Company. There are other teams, other franchises, other people that had bad weeks in the NFL this year, Chris, or this week, Chris, not just the Miami Dolphins. So, let's just take a look at some of these other people and see how bad it was for them in week one, shall we?
0: Oh, that sounds great, man. I love new segments.
1: All right. Well, let's go with number one. Number one, what's worse than losing 59 to 10?
0: How about tying? That's right. Oof. Tying after
1: an entire offseason, preseason, draft, combine, free agency trades, preseason, cutting, you know, getting your team ready to go. And then you're all fired up. You put on your jersey if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan or a Detroit Lions fan and you're watching this and you're like, okay, win or lose, I'm here with my team. Except for your team doesn't win or lose, they tie. And you waste all of your time. It's like kissing your sister after one. I mean, granted, week two, if you tie, that's one thing. That's bad enough. But week one, you just wasted all of your time. I feel like that is worse
0: than losing 59 to 10. The Arizona Cardinals and Detroit Lions had a bad week one, Chris. Oh, I got another one for you, buddy. How about this? How about... You laying the groundwork for what teams are trying to do. I love the Miami Dolphins. You want to be the team that loses a bunch of games and gather all these first and second round draft picks. Guys that are going to change the franchise, even to the point where you have so many first round picks, you can trade one for a, a $400,000 watch during the game. Sure. And you go out there, the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield in year two with all these weapons and the dog pound going crazy. This is our year. And you lose to the almost lost his job to Ryan Tandy. In hell marcus mariota led <laughs> tennessee titans 43 to 13 at home here's the thing the dolphins lost 59 to 10. we talked about that we are trying to lose yes the browns are supposed to be competing in the afc north and here comes the probably third place maybe second place afc south team the titans when marcus mariota literally arguably was being talked about losing his job to Ryan Tannehill. And he came in and the Titans absolutely fleeced the Cleveland Browns 43 to 10. I will go on record right now and say that that loss is way worse than our loss. We cut and traded everyone. You have drafted and signed and traded for everyone and you lost. 43 to 13. They had fans leaving the dog pound with 11 minutes left down one or one or two scores in Cleveland in week 1. I'm sorry but misery loves company and I love
1: that the Browns are still the Browns. Yeah, come grab a seat right next to the Cardinals, Lions, and Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns. Speaking of the Browns, let's talk about Antonio Brown. That's right, everyone thinks he had a good week because he was released from the Raiders. That he can go sign with the New England Patriots, but he lost a bunch of guaranteed money, and now it's incentive-laden, and he's going to a New England Patriots team where what happens day one with him? He gets hit with a sexual assault charge from his trainer back in 2017. That's a bad week right there. You think you're going to be high and you end up being low because what happens? Allegedly, sexually assaulting his old personal trainer, Antonio Brown, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Oakland Raiders, who, by the way, won on Monday night when everyone was writing them off.
0: He's having a bad week just as well as everyone else that we already mentioned there, Chris. He'll have a better week on Sunday when he plays the Miami Dolphins for his first game. (laughs) Speaking of
1: rape, we'll talk about that in the second <laughs> half of the show. Uh, anybody else having a bad week one for the NFL there, Chris?
0: Well, I'll say this. I'll say that um, the the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a Ooh. tough go of it to get the, the Chiefs in week one. We all know that. But you're at home. You sign Nick Foles to a big deal. At least he's not Blake Bortles. And what happens? He mm-hmm. breaks his fucking collarbone. And my JV wrestling coach <laughs> comes in to be the backup quarterback. His name is like fucking Grinchu. He sounds like a Pokemon. And he comes in with this mustache from like Western fucking Washington or some shit. And he does well. He actually had a decent game. But you lose Nick Foles and this great defense gives up 30, 40 points and makes Sammy Watkins look like the second coming of Jerry Rice. Yeah, he looks
1: like he drinks Natty Ice on the regular, that backup quarterback of theirs with his (laughs) weird wavy haircut and his pencil-thin mustache. You're right. He looks like a JV wrestling coach. That is the most hammer Head thing. I hit it on the head thing I've ever heard right there. You're right. The Jacksonville Jaguars also had a really bad week one. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, two other teams, I'm going to throw them in together because if you added up their offensive uh, scores week one, it was actually less than the Miami Dolphins combined. And of course, I'm talking about the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers combined for six points. Now, they put the Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers on Thursday to kick off the season because it was the 100th 100th year of the NFL, and I think their offense sent the league back 100 years. Three points. Three points the Chicago Bears uh, scored there on Thursday night, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night against the New England Patriots score three points themselves. Steelers and the Chicago Bears both having bad weeks week one.
0: Dude, the Dolphins scored more points than both of them <laughs> combined. So when you look at the teams like that, like the like the Bears kicking off at home again, and then like the Steelers too, supposed to be this uh, team moving on after Antonio Brown, and they score three points. I think the funniest thing was the post-game uh, interview with Ben Roethlisberger, and they asked him about Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots, and he said, whatever. Yeah, that's all you can say. <laughs> <sir. laughs> That's <laughs> all so you can say. I mean, you scored three
1: points against uh, the New England Patriots. Which, by the way, if you are somebody who just happened to be in the United States, or I'm going to check out this American football. The Super Bowl of theirs seems to be the preeminent game. Let's watch that. And you watch the Los Angeles Rams score three points. And you're like, well, I'm going to give them another shot. Let's watch opening game. And you see the Chicago Bears score three points. You're like, you know what? One last chance. Three times and you're out. Let's just put on the Patriots versus the Steelers. And all of a sudden, three points again. Rival, yeah, right? It's just like, I'm going to go watch baseball where there's some actual scoring going on. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, there you go, man. Misery loves company. We got the Steelers, we got the Bears, we got Antonio Brown, we've got the Cleveland Browns, we've got the Tennessee Titans. Uh, actually, we don't have the Tennessee Titans. We have the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals all sitting on the loser bench right by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the company because misery
0: loves company. I'm glad we started this, and it's your idea. I love it. But uh, this is going to be great because it's going to make me feel a little bit go. better. <laughs> it's like social media, right? Like when your life sucks, you go on and just troll other people, just like get a laugh out of it. We're going to be eating Doritos and just laughing at the other teams that lose because we're the only ones that are actually trying to That's do right. it. That's
1: right. And you know what? We do, we do unfortunately, have to get back to talking about the Miami Dolphins. And uh, before <sighs> we do that and talk about Week 2, as well as the most okayest fantasy football league of all time, Chris, I do have a question for you. Can I ask you a question? Shoot. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Um, oh, I'm picking it up. Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them, Chris?
0: I have a gambling problem, Sam.
1: Well, that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Am I right?
0: Yes, I, I guess so.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to all the citizens of Perfectville. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. I just wouldn't do that. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, Chris, and all the citizens out there, bet with my bookie. Did you know, Chris, that you could bet on games after kickoff? Did you know that? I know you have a problem, but did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? No, that wasn't a thing for me when I had my problem. No, it wasn't, but now you can. If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. That's the beauty of my bookie. You can do that now. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, Chris. That's what you can do. I know you know what a parlay is because you've got a problem. If all your picks yes. come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. So here's what I'm thinking. All the citizens that are out there, all the doll fans, Chris, even if you, uh, you know decide to fall off the wagon, join now. And my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. They're going to double whatever you put down as your deposit. So just use promo code Perfectville to activate the offer. That's right. The promo code is Perfectville. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And that's my question to you, Chris. What do you think? I I love it. Sounds good for our listeners. Sounds good for our listeners. I I hear you typing away right now. I think you're going on mybookie.ag right now and setting up your account. Look who fell off the wagon. Congrats. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome to Perfectville. Welcome to Gambleville. (laughs) All right, Chris, now that we answered that question there about mybookie.ag, it's time to talk about some other type of gambling here. And, of course, we're just doing a fun fantasy-filled football, the okayest fantasy football league Of all time, of course, I'm talking about our own Perfectville Fantasy Football League. Uh, Week one results are in, Chris. And I got to say, you and I, being the co-commissioners and owners of two franchises in this league, are not having a good week. We're kind of like the Miami Dolphins of fantasy (laughs) football. Uh, You lost. I lost. We lost to people that are going to talk shit about this for the rest of our entire being. Uh, Let's just run through the standings here real quick, and then we'll just talk about what went right, what went wrong, and we'll go on from there. So I lost. Aranda Baxton lost, too. Uh, Raceling, who actually changed his name, but right now his name is I Mayfield, a good team. I lose 127.1 to 93.6. Dolphins mode wins 191.1 against He Man Fins fan 145.6. Mr. Dolphin's Talk, one of the Dolphin's Talk uh, podcast network, he loses to Team Odovius 148.8 to 135.8. Fiedler fan. Loses to Self-Defenestrators, 127-114.8. to 114.8. And, of course, Laird Fitzliss. Laird Fitzliss himself beats Easy Drake Oven, which is your team, Chris, 104.3-103.7. to 103.7. How are you feeling Ugh. after that devastating loss of one point? The closest matchup of the week, mind you.
0: Yeah, no, it sucks, dude. I lost by, like, 0.6 points. Uh, that that really sucks to lose. And it, and it happened towards the end, too. I think he had a Monday Night guy that, that put him over the top, but... I gotta say, Sam, I'm gonna spin this a little bit because I hate talking about close losses, but I do have to point out how funny it is that you, of all people, are the only one that didn't beat the three-digit mark. Oh yeah, shut the fuck up about that. <laughs> What's wrong with you?
1: Ninety-three points, Dolphins. mode almost doubled your score. I wasn't ready. I forgot. The draft? I forgot to stretch, Chris. They blew uh, the whistle uh, before I was ready. It was like a false start on all the other teams. I'm at like, least you didn't get her getting out of a bathtub. That's right. See, I got hurt getting out of the shower. That's exactly what happened. And I wasn't ready. And I just, I failed. I don't know. You know what? I'm tanking. I'm tanking for Tua. That's it. That's what's happening here. I'm tanking for Tua. Making sure that I can get the number one draft pick in next year's fantasy football draft there, Chris. That's how this works, yeah? Uh,
0: Sure. (laughs) We run the league. I mean, we can make it be whatever we want, honestly. We could do whatever
1: we want. We're in charge. We're like the gods or the mayors of Perfectville, even in the fantasy football league here, Chris. So uh, looking ahead to week two, let's just take a look at this here. Week two, if we can. I am up against another 0 1 team, He Man Finns fan. So 0 1 for me, 0 for, 1 for him. We are going to go head to head. Somebody's going to win, even if we try hard not to. You also have Mr. Dolphins talk against Fiedler fan, 0 1 versus 0 1. Dolphins mode, 1 0 against Laird Fitzless 1 0. Team Oblivious, Chris, is up against I May Field a Good Team. That's 1 0 versus 1 0. And then you've got the Self Defenestrators against the AFC least. Easy Drake Oven. Chris, you have to explain yourself here. Why do you have so many AFC East players that are not Dolphins
0: players? Um, well, I mean, I said it before, and and people are going to think I'm making this up. I didn't draft. I didn't say... <laughs> it's just absolutely comedy gold, though, that I got so many AFC East players like, that aren't Dolphins. It, it's hilarious because it's, it's in contrast, completely... Um, opposite of what I normally do with playing fantasy football. I'm normally a homer, and I'll just stash Balazs and Drake and Parker on my team, who Parker, now that I said his name, had a pretty decent game, actually. Um, But yeah, it's a complete opposite of what I normally do, so I figured, hey, maybe I'll actually win, because I'm usually bad at fantasy, but alas, here I am sitting at 0-1, projected to be beaten by by the way, self definistrators it says our personal names underneath and his is Jay Gross. Am I yes. playing against former Panther Jordan Gross? Is he a fan of Welcome to Perfectville? We have—we do have a lot of celebrity fans
1: of Welcome to Perfectville, including a couple <laughs> of Oakland Raiders which you guys will see on the Bleacher Report uh, website before too long here. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if Jordan Gross or if anybody else is uh, uh, under their pseudonym with this league here or not here, Chris. But one other thing i got to point out before, and as you guys can't tell, we are actually trying to avoid talking about the New England Patriots game because uh, we already know what's going to happen here. But uh, one of our guys here, I believe it's Raceling, actually did power rankings for our Fantasy Football League. Wow. And it's just an amazing write-up. I'm not going to read all of them here, but I'm just going to go ahead and read part of this here because it's hilarious. And uh, he deserves some credit here. Yes. Uh, week one of the okest Fantasy League ever power rankings. Holy shit, was that an eye-opening weekend. Anyone still on the maybe-we'll-still-be-okay-this-year train? Because you're looking more delusional than tons on the turnstiles devotion to Melvin Gordon. To make matters worse, the Patriots trounced an actual team almost as bad as the Dolphins' ass-pounding, which makes next week look like an oncoming train with a boxing glove duct-taped to the front and there's a gun in the boxing glove, and the gun shoots rabid badgers. But fuck it. None of this is half as funny as our intrepid host and the guy that heads up his network getting their collective shit pushed in by a combined score of somewhere in the area of 40. (laughs) Let's find out where it all went wrong, shall we? So from there, you guys can actually uh, click the link in the bio of this episode and read the power rankings. Just a tremendous job by Raceling. He wins something. I don't know what, but uh, hopefully it's a banishment from this league next year.
0: And I got to say, it's a a small group. Uh, I appreciate the fans that joined in. I know there's some that missed out. But we do this again next year, and I think we will. Uh, You got to get in on this because this is fucking fun. I mean, the shit talk in these message boards – and rightfully so, aimed at us. We're both zero and one, and we ran the thing. Um, and we're, we're the. It, it, if there isn't more proof in the pudding that we are just sitting here literally bullshitting about the Miami Dolphins yes. and about football in general, it's that we suck at predicting fantasy football. So we, we just drink and talk about bullshit. And luckily, you guys listen. But it is a lot of fun being a part of this, seeing guys' names, seeing the uh, the nicknames, um, and, and then just like the shit talk. It, it's fantastic.
1: I just got to say, like, I think the most accurate predictions we've ever had are actually ridiculous predictions or actual predictions that we have are just so off base. Uh, But I'm going to read this because (laughs) the number one power ranking in our league, according to Raceling, is Dolphins mode. And this is what he says. First things first, the hell does your name mean? I even listened to Perfectville compliment it and I still don't get it. Is it a parody of Depeche mode? A la mode? Whatever doesn't matter. What matters is you put up the most points without a single-skill position player scoring less than 10, and only one player scoring less than 20. And that's scarier than Cam Lake being covered by a tight end. Your team is honestly balanced as hell, and there's no single injury or bye week that will sink you. You appear to be in it for the long haul, and as an added bonus, you have the guy that's making Melvin Gordon my number one auto-draft pick, a distant memory. There you go. That is a power ranking. Screw ESPN. Screw any other uh, outfit that's out here. The only power rankings that matter are Raceling's power rankings about this fantasy football. Uh, league here, Chris.
0: Well, if you're going to read one, I, I have to I have to choose one. And mine's number six, the self-defense traders. He uh, starts his power ranking off, uh, he's number six, and he says, you have three tight ends on your team. And then in all caps, you have three, three in parentheses, <laughs> tight ends on your team. Your three running backs were barely able to outscore your defense and kicker. That seems like a bad thing. But on the other hand, your kicker balled the hell out. So what do I know? Ballsy to bench Drew Brees at home on prime time. <laughs> He's so, he's so fucking passive. I love it. But clearly that, that was the right call. You may want to decide to hitch, uh, uh, the hitch of those two you're going to start with, though, because they're both primo trade trade bait to fill out the rest of your roster. Otherwise, your best hope is that some of your star players just needed to shake off the rust because Diggs, Evans, each getting less than six points, ain't going to cut it. Oh, and who the fuck is Jamison Crowder? <laughs> he is gold, Jerry. I believe, gold. Me,
1: believe me, I know who Jameson Crowder is because I got him in my big league a couple of years ago when he was on the Redskins, and I know that name like the, like ugh, like nothing that like you'd never believe. That guy had 14 catches for the Jets here, and I had still had less than 100 yards. I mean, if that's not the most Adam Gase thing I've ever heard in my life, 14 receptions, and I think he had 37 yards. there, Chris, that's who Jameson Crowder is. Welcome to the new, welcome to the Adam Gase era, New York Jets fans. You didn't even make it on the couch because it was so packed, but you guys uh, probably had it worse than the Miami Dolphins. At week one because you got you saw your 16-0 lead to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills dissipate in one half because Adam Gase went at full
0: Adam Gase on you. And Josh Allen tried to give them the game. He gift-wrapped it he had multiple picks, including a pick six, multiple fumbles, and they still lost. And the front page of the New York Post or whatever is already shitting all over Adam Gase because of his Good. press conference afterwards where he basically said, I'm the head coach, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So this is going to be a misery loves company like all year long. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah,
1: I didn't want to throw the Jets on the couch week one because I have a feeling we're going to have a couple of (laughs) weeks where we can throw them right next to us here on the misery loves company couch. So we're going to go ahead and save that for another week here. But speaking of weeks, week two, Chris, we can't avoid it any further. We got to get to (laughs) it. Can we play Sam? No, we can't. We got to get on a flight. You got to go on vacation. I got to go on and cry into my uh, my beer about what's going to happen on Sunday. But the uh, Miami Dolphins. Week two, at home, against the New England Patriots. That's right, not the Baltimore Ravens, but your defending, reigning Super Bowl champion, six-time Super Bowl champion with this stupid quarterback and the stupid coach and the stupid owner, the New England Patriots, are coming to town to play the hapless, the worthless, <laughs> the helpless Miami Dolphins who just lost, mind you, 59-10 to to a team that all the way around is probably less talented than the New England Patriots, who, by the way, if he's cleared of all charges, just added Antonio Brown to the mix for Tom Brady to throw the ball to. Chris, what the hell is about to happen week two for the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots oh, it's, in Miami?
0: It's going to be bad, Sam. It's going to be, we, we expected bad last week. And I know rivalry games and division games and, you know, how, their, their record at home and, uh, for the Dolphins and, and things like that. Throw that all out the window. Seeing Lamar Jackson get the time he had, and it's not like he ran around and made throws <laughs> with his feet. Like he was making these throws in the pocket. So if you mm. do that with Tom Brady or even give What's him a pocket, half, yeah, if you even give him half of that time to throw, he's going to absolutely decimate our defense. Pick us apart. Eric Rowe may retire at halftime, like Vontae Davis. Like it, he was so bad on Sunday. I tweeted that I have he wouldn't start on my sixth grade football team, and like I was drunkenly joking, but I'd honestly make him try out because I have some two good. I have two good corners, <laughs> Jaden Tanasi. Respect you, you kids. Shut you up. kids are real good corners, and we are undefeated. So honestly, they had he would have to take their job, and from what I saw on Sunday, holy shit! But. Tom Brady is just going to have a day. And these are the type of seasons and games where like a good player, a great player like Xavier Howard's going to look bad and it's not even his fault. Like it's just how do you cover Antonio Brown and Gordon for like 8 seconds, 10 seconds? It's it's going to be a nightmare and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick might actually get fucking wasted Saturday night because they don't even care to prepare for the game Sunday and they're just going to go out there and sandbag the shit out of us. It's going to be so bad.
1: This is where the degenerate gambler in me gets me in trouble here, Chris, because Tom Brady in Miami all-time, I believe, is 7-9. and nine. If you look at the history of home teams who lose week one or lose the week before and are at home the second week, they usually perform very well. You also combine the fact that Bill Belichick uh, disciples, all of his former assistant coaches that become head coaches, tend to beat Bill Belichick the first time they play each other. And you have yourself a recipe for the biggest upset in modern NFL history. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I believe with all of my heart, which is no longer in my chest, that the Miami Dolphins will win this game against the New England Patriots by a score of 13 to
0: 10. (laughs) You're just trying to to give us material for next week's segment. (laughs) I appreciate that. You're a pro. You're a goddamn pro.
1: I'm thinking ahead, just like the Miami Dolphins are, to the 2020 season. I'm thinking ahead to next week where I can fill my own content with the same exact soundbite that I put in this week because the Miami Dolphins will beat, defeat, and vanquish the AFC East slash Super Bowl champions, New England Patriots, 13-10. to 10. They will not take this disrespect laying down. They might actually be laying down when they say that, but that's not the point. The point is they will win. And they will go one and one and almost screw up their tank for two of a thing. But no, thirteen to ten, Miami Dolphins. And then they will push pause on their Madden game and go out and play the actual New England <laughs> Patriots, where they will lose seventy five to two. <laughs> And don't ask me how they get a safety. I think Tom
0: Brady just got bored and walked off, and it counts as a safety. I think that's how they're getting the two. We're so bad that I honestly, Sam, can see them articulating it to make it to where they win 72-19, to 19 and they can just say that you know for 1972 – Yes. Just to beat us, seventy-two to nineteen. <laughs> and, like they'll let us score. Like you know the G- I think the Florida Gators did that in the eighties or nineties. They laid down to like let the team score on defense, so they can get the ball back and and and, and drive down the field and win. Uh, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna literally lay down Van Noy and all these guys are gonna lay down, let Belage run into the end zone, looking around completely <laughs> confused, so we they can get exactly nineteen points, uh, just so it, they can just somehow shit on us.
1: Oh, my God. You know what I just realized? Later this year, it's totally going to happen. You know, like when there's a kid that's, like, physically disabled and wants to play football so the (laughs) other team in high school will let the kid score and they cheer him on until he gets in. And it's a very nice and very sweet gesture, and it gets me. It gets me. Every single time I see one of those things on, like, Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, somebody somewhere down the line later this year is going to let the Miami Dolphins score, and they're going to be cheering us on, and we're going to be running into the end zone with all of our little might and all of our little heart, and it's going to be the most depressing  – hilarious, sad, anger moment I've ever had as a Miami Dolph fan. That's going to happen, Citizens it'll, of Perfect Bill. That's not a ridiculous prediction. That is an actual prediction. I'm thinking around week 10 or week 11. Somebody's just going to say, hey, open up the floodgates and let him score. It'll make them feel good. We'll put it on Twitter. We'll get a 1,000 likes. Oh, it'll be, it'll happen, be Adam Chris.
0: Gase and the Jets. And for some reason, Forrester will be next to Gay Snorting Coke, and they'll be laughing on the sidelines as, you know, like Mark Walton is uh, s- slow jogging into the end zone, confused as parole officers are waiting for him at the uh, field yeah.
1: goal post. Well, he'll be jogging from the other sideline because he's the one who actually gave him the cocaine, and then he'll be running into the end zone after that. So.
0: <laughs> that guy's never coming on our show. <laughs>
1: none of them are ever coming on our show chris come on they listen to this show I've, I've talked to people in the office they're like look that's too hot we can't get on this show we appreciate and we agree with everything you say but we just absolutely <laughs> are never allowed pr wise to come on welcome to perfectville but uh, that's okay we understand we appreciate you guys still to this day anyway chris uh, anything else you want to say i know you're going on vacation and i have to just go cry in the corner here um yeah. Anything else you'd like to say for for uh, before we shove off?
0: Yeah, off to Orlando tomorrow. Um, hitting up Halloween Horror Nights Thursday and Friday, and then back Sunday morning so I can make sure to rush home and watch that barn burner of a football game on Sunday at <laughs> one o'clock. You might
1: be better off just watching a barn burn. That would yep. be better than watching them actually play against the New England Patriots on Sunday. But for all the Dolphins fans out there, all the citizens of Perfectville, on behalf of Chris, on behalf of myself, on behalf of the Dolphins Talk Podcast Network, as on behalf of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network, goodbye from Perfectville. Later.